What's up, what's up, what's going on, y'all? This is your boy, Leader Johnson, and we are here. Follow the leader. I'm your host with the most. So have a toast. Yes, have a toast, and we are going to have a toast. It's great news. I got to talk about some things, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about Villanova football. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely get deep. It's a lot to talk about with Villanova football. Um... A lot of good recruits visiting Villanova. Villanova did have a visit from a very, very, very talented running back, Jaquan Kilby, 2024. He's an athlete. I mean, he could be a linebacker, play safety, play running back. Very talented athlete, also a track star. Villanova has been having a lot of good visits from a lot of good athletes. And see this here, now looking at this... um, the units and just breaking things down. Let's talk about the wide receiver unit. Uh, that's one thing we're gonna get into. I feel like Dez Boykin is a problem. I mean, he has the experience. When you get a guy it's like Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels and all, and all the other seniors that get fifth years, when you get that experience, you have to go against. And he was a, a priority recruit. You know, you play at the same place as Saquon Barkley, same high school. Des Boykin is an explosive player. Now you put him with Rajon Pringle and Hayek. That is dangerous. Nobody sees what these guys have good hands. They can make plays. They, they, they got some of the best hands in college football, all three of them. See, people are not looking at Connor Watkins. They, they, they don't know who he is all, all the other years. They've been uh, a little spoiled of knowing who the guy was. Daniel Smith ended up winning the job. Nobody knew how good he was. You know, I did reports or whatever. I thought that Quadra Ismail was even going to beat him. But Daniel Smith ended up performing great, and he was something different. Now, y'all got to know the same thing, that Villanova's been recruiting good. Y'all forget Connor Watkins was a top uh, priority recruit, a dual-threat quarterback can throw the ball, gunslinger, and can run the ball. He's going to be an exciting quarterback for Villanova. Nobody, everybody has to calm down right quick. He's been well, he's been ready for this. Now, if you're talking about, you know, you look at how Villanova would throw him in there sometime. He would always be efficient. He could easily mess up or be 0 for 2. And, and when he did that, you know, you don't take that too big. But when a person does do something in that little time, that shows you something. And kind of Watkins, I, just, I can't wait to that first game when he plays. Because I got a big feeling that that first game is going to teach y'all a lot. Now, thinking about what, excuse me for the interruption. Now, thinking about this receiving core. This receiving core, the first three is already a given. But the receiving core is a little tricky because I don't think people really recognize how deep it is. I don't think people, because they're not recognizing Connor Watkins. They're not even recognizing the depth at quarterback. Like it's the, the questions to me was never quarterback. 
It was never it was always offensive line. You know who was ready because this was a tight knit offensive line with Apia and Dumas and Gratton. Like these guys were all, you know, I mean they were all tight and it was a real nice unit. Now you get the young guys that they've been recruiting for a minute to come in there. Offensive line's a little different. You know, Connor Watkins. One thing you did see, at least you saw Connor Watkins getting there, throw that ball. And if you saw who he was in high school, I mean, it's, it's a little different. This guy's a dynamic guy, especially when you can run on your feet and throw like he does on the, on the go. I don't, people, it's like people didn't do their homework a long time ago on Connor Watkins. Like, you totally forgot who's on the roster of Villanova. Like, this guy's good. He's good. And it's going to be exciting because he's also, you're not going to miss a step of a quarterback that can run and throw. You still got there with Watkins. Now, Jaquan Allen. I'll keep talking about this. Listen, former three-star receiver, 6'2", athletic. That's four guys that's really going to be hard to mess with. They ain't had a four this good. A four. A four. Four receivers this good. They haven't had four. Four? All four of these guys can impact. Jaquan Allen can be a number one receiver. He can be a number one receiver. This guy has the type of talent. And then you other guys that are there, Daniel Lopez. When it's his turn. Now, now I doubt he could get some type of catching, but catches. Then you got Irene Nambanziza. Excuse me for saying that right. Bonziza. Um unbelievable talent. Explosive. Just like Pringle is. It's just like you got Pringle on the bench. Daniel Lopez has the size, constructive. Ethan Carr. Then you got Nathaniel Hill. Miles is coming. This is a very exciting room right now, man. It's so nice. You just can't wait to see these guys get on the field. The thing is that because you got the receivers. You got the running backs, right? You got nobody. You got Jalen Jackson. You got T.D.A. Odorizai, who's also a track star. That's what makes him so... He's, to me, he's the best athlete on the field. Now, I had to say that because I remember when he came in and commented, but I didn't say that because of that. I always thought he was the best athlete. He was always a track star. But I gave Dan Tanner Maddox his props because he's a different type of athlete. He's a little bit of a unicorn. I'm going to have to give him his props because the man on both sides of the ball both sides. We're talking about quarterback and in, in, in the secondary. This man had ball skills to get interceptions and he could hit. And then he was a dual threat quarterback. This is an amazing recruit that Villanova has. Ethan Potter's another two, two you know, both sides. Of the, he's a good, great athlete. Ethan Potter was an athlete. Could both sides of the field impact. Elite talent. Same thing with Ethan Carr. Elite talent, both sides. That's an athlete. So, Villanova really has a, 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 a... See, this team, they're not going to know how good Ferranti is at coaching until this happens, to the to, to changeover. After the, see, after your climax, they want to see, can you keep consistency? And they, this, is, this determines how good Ferranti and the rest of the staff recruited. And you got Jalen Jackson... Uh, 
Yo, Durajai, and you got Dewa Bali. That's a dangerous three right there. Dewa Bali don't get some of his love, but he did last year. To me, I think he did to last year because every time you put him in there, he's tough. Now, Ayo is the one. I'm very surprised to see that they have him named because I don't think he gets his, his credit. Like, Ayo is a dangerous receiver. Damascus, <laughs> they produce some guys. Brian Bressy, shout out to my guy, Brian. Yo, Damascus is, and then you got Ferguson. Ferguson came from there, man. That's another guy on this team I see doing some things. And they're, like, they're loaded, the linebacker. Remember, I'm, we're going to talk about that another time. But Abraham, D'Amico, and Montero, I think Ferguson should start. But it depends on who wins. But I think Ferguson will do it. I think, um, and I'll, I'll put this for this podcast. I think in the, in the defensive line, it would be Nelson, Zobel, and um, if I have to be honest, Gaines. Bryce Gaines, I think that's that's the three you have there. And then, you, like I said, with the linebackers, Abraham, D'Amico, Montero, and Ferguson. But who, we'll see who wins in, in practice. This is who I'm thinking will win. As far as cornerbacks, um, Scudders, it's time for Kashan, man. It's time to see this guy, super talent, great get. Um, him and Bothwell, the two, uh, two highest recruits in Villanova history. So it's uh, I'm I'm the expectations for him are super high. Just like for Bothwell, you know, and I, I just know Scudders was very good in high school. Man, it's gonna be something to see him now. The other guy on the other side, Ethan Potter. Ethan Potter proved what he can do. Ethan Potter, such a man. Ferranti getting these impact freshmen is just remarkable. It's remarkable how he's able to do that. That's so hard to do. These guys, and it's, you know, and then the credit to he has a dream team of coaches. They all are smart. Ferranti, like Penny Packer, you know, Divine, all them guys, like, oh, gosh, man, Crowley. Like, these guys is like mad scientists. It's hard. You, you, you know what? It's hard to really get your recruiting class going in the, in the FCS rather than the FBS. FBS has a whole... They, they have a bigger field. They can get the elite prospects of the elite prospects. So when you get to the lower prospects, you still got other talented prospects that are highly rated, just not your five-star, four-three. You know, look, look what Temple's able to get. And watch what James Madison will be able to get more if they're over there. And Villanova's still able to get guys that are good. But the thing is, stars don't make them don't Just because you ain't got stars, I mean you ain't good. But it also attests to who you're going to find in that other pack. Who are you going to find in that pack that wasn't ranked? They get ranked, guys, but who are you going to find? It's a lot of talent out there. It's, 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 it's like now it's more talent that you have to search through. Is it opposed to it's a list of, see, a lot of these programs, FBS, they got lists. Of, of, of recruits. They're not going no lower than certain recruits. So they, they don't even get to see all the other talented guys. They have a certain bag. This is like with basketball. But in football, you have a second, you know, FCS is a little bit more, it's, it's, it's more respect than, say, a Division two basketball. They don't even, 
it's real hard. The junior college, they still get looked at, but you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. But so now Villanova is able to sit down and dissect talent and evaluate talent and get elite talent. And get get no, how about this? First year impacting talent. That's hard. You can get guys, develop them, make two, three years, but their first year guy, that's hard. And she said the, the hats off got to be the Ferranti and the whole team out there. Uh, Bolton, Bolton came in. They came. They brought Bolton, Bowden in. Excuse me. They brought Bowden in. And Chris immediately changed the game for the quarterback in the offense. Dynamic. So, where was I at? Okay, I said Potter and I said um, Scudders, okay? And then at safety, it should be Elijah Glover and Jalen Goodman. It's just no question. I think that's 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 where you're at. You know, you got Johnny Pittman that came over, but I still think Johnny Pittman should be like the third cornerback. And you know, you got guys like Ty Trinity who had a very good. Another guy had a great freshman year at cornerback. Uh, I still my favorite guy has always been John Roden, so I can't wait to see how he he does. Uh, Christian Sapp. That's the always been the best position. At, on Villanova for all the years since I've been recruiting. Like, the most deep, deep, talented position. I mean, you remember Jaquan Amos, you know, Christian Benford, uh, Malik, Malik Reeves, um, so many guys. Like, it's always been a deep position. It's, it's not changing. <laughs> it's not changing. Sean Cox is a monster. He's going to be something all over the field. I mean, this is just a good, good, good position. But, um, okay, um, running backs, we all know. So that's another thing I'm going to talk about, a whole thing about, because now after Jackson and, and you know, they're going to have another year with Barley and A.O. Dorajahi next year, then Eli Smith comes, and you still got Raglan, and you still got Mace. If the if the the Chaquan kill be in twenty twenty four up, are they recruiting him? That's big. Chaquan kill be twenty twenty four, dynamic athlete can play running back. Is he? What's going on? Villanova's on a hot streak. They're taking advantage of them being a winning organization very well, and they have, they already have the great culture. This is just what the Villanova football team needed. It's just it's so many talented players, more talented players, and, and you can see this class is just so many good guys. Um, when we come back, I'm going to talk more about what are we going to talk about on Philadelphia 76ers terms. Sixers, listen, man. Talking about the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey, the young talent. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's the future. Where are they going? What's next after Harden? Draft picks. Let's talk when we come back on Follow Leader. Well, 
Problematic situations. What can we? Where do you go? Like, where do you go? I mean, to me, if I have to be, I'm a Sixer fan, so I'm a also have to be realistic because I'm an analyst. I'm a writer, analyst. I have to be real. So let's talk. The first thing I want to talk about is Sixers young drafting has been good, and they're good. They're not going to get old, and that's real good to know. They're not going to get old and break, and, you know, because Embiid's a young star. Tyrese Maxey's a young star. So now you look at um, James Hart. It's really a, a real dream scenario. Not too many teams headed toward a championship. I mean, just think if Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal was able to get uh, Derek Coleman from the New Jersey Nets in his prime. And around that time, he was being a player. What if they was able to get Carl Malone? How about that? Just say that. That's what this is like. Tyrese Maxey has proven to be one of the best players, young stars. He's just going to get so much better. And James Harden, they're going to be a better shooting team. They, they just had to, listen, the thing is, chemistry had to happen. Nobody, I think nobody understands that. This man got inserted into a team that was still trying to figure himself out without Ben Simmons. And he got inserted as the point guard. He didn't get put as a shooting guard. He didn't get put as a small forward, power forward, or even a center. The most important position on the floor, he is the point guard. So him trying to, I do believe that him not performing in the playoffs, he just don't know where he's at most of the time to, to, to be an effective scorer. He hasn't got to the point of asking for that basketball or knowing he can do that yet because, you know, it's also Embiid's team. So people have to look at that. Now he gets a, a whole year to know he's in Philadelphia, live in Philadelphia, be around Philadelphia, go to with, with um, where – Meek Mill was performing. Always with Michael Rubin. He was Jesus. Like 
P.J. Tucker, they all hanging out with Joel Embiid. They're becoming a team, a, a, a buddy system, getting along together. They're going to learn to fight for each other. They, they didn't sign him to a one-year contract. It's three years. You got two years of Daniel House. These guys are dogs. They're going to fight. D'Anthony Milton, these guys are going to fight. This is going to be a good team on the bench, not like last year. P.J. Tucker will start, which is real big next to Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Very underrated front court, <laughs> by the way. Tobias Harris is not a slouch. We've seen what he can do. Everybody got to stop BSing like he's not one of the best power forwards in the league. Might not be an all-star. He wasn't an all-star last year, but he definitely is a good power forward that you got to guard. P.J. Tucker, the same thing, and he can play defense. Then you got Joel Embiid. That's probably one of the most underrated defenses, defensive uh, front courts because of how good Tobias Harris got last year defense. I just think basically that when you look at this team, uh, I just think it's the Warriors will still be that team next year, but it's not going to be easy because I still think the Clippers and the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. It's not going to be the same next year. Even the Brooklyn Nets, if they keep Durant and Kyrie Irving with Ben Simmons, they are a title contender. I think the Nets are going to try to hang on to all three. And that's just what it is. If they don't get what they want, Durant is there. And that's a dangerous team regardless. So, but Philadelphia has everything on both sides of the ball. Like, it's just like now, you didn't have Milton next to Milton. You got two guards off the bench that can attack the basket, play defense. Both can play point guard. Both can play shooting guard. Nobody's talking about that that tandem. And then Isaiah Joe also is the other guy who has blossomed every summer league. And now he looks like a guy you got to give the ball to. That's three guys. We haven't even talked about Cork Myers as Jaden Springer. Jaden Springer's got rave reviews from Doc Rivers. Um, Cork Myers is a vet. He's been in the playoffs. He's, he had big games. He's had good seasons. I don't know what's going on, but just know that. that that's the, if that's your fourth or fifth guard off the bench, wow. So, they're real talented in the guard position. Then you look at the forward position. Just right now, we, we know it's not going to be like this forever. Or maybe not. We don't know. Matisse Thibault and Daniel House are your two forwards <laughs> with with uh, Nyang. Don't forget Gorgeous Nyang and Paul Reed. These are your front court options. This is pretty good. Paul Reed is going to get better and better. He can hit outside shots. He can play on both sides of the He's proved he can defend the five. Nyang is, is a he's a heck of a scorer. Wherever he, wherever he falls at off on defense, you still got House and you still got Thibel. It's crazy. And, and the young talent, just know that Michael Foster Jr., Emmanuel Muhammad, and I think Shimpagni all should be in the G League, and I think so should uh, Philippe, Philip Petrosev. I think all four of those guys should be in there. Let's get this young talent moving. Um, if you if they want to sit Bassy back, sit them back. That is a lot of good talent. Charlie Brown Jr., that is a whole group of talent right there. Like, it's crazy. Um, before I come back, I'm always talking Philadelphia stuff, man. I'm just, I just want y'all to know just trying to get y'all a little bit of flavor 
of it's a lot going on, so bear with me. It's a lot. I'm gonna come with a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, Jackson State, unbelievable powerhouse of a team. Um, Alabama and Nick Saban's legacy. Um, Pittsburgh basketball, Penn State basketball. A lot of the, a lot of subjects coming up real soon. Um, also, the Brittany Griner situation. I will be more and more in tune with it. To let people know what's going on, uh, it's real crazy, it's real hard to stomach, but as a nation, we'll stand tall, stand strong for Brittany Griner, and we will all um, pray, because God is working. All right, Brittany, God is working. All right, follow leader. Be back, man. <clears throat> To overcome before I'm going to let now be born, and after that, I'll live forever. You say never, you say never. History, not a mystery of memory. From the cradle to the grave, more than that. Yeah, yeah. Just a little break, y'all. Come back. I wanted to really get on the Phillies. I mean, you know, I'm going to do a lot more homework on the Flyers because I'm a little confused. We'll talk to my guy, Jamie Bascal, and we're going to talk and um, get some things going now. Philadelphia Phillies, it's real big Um, that this team is about to be 11 games over 500 to they're beating the Nationals up. It's good for them to have a team like the Nationals that's pretty much depleted uh, to, to beat on real quick to get those wins up and be ready for all the other competitive teams. Phillies look really, they look saucy, man. They, they look spicy. <laughs> this whole team is good, like, just like that. And I'm going to start from the outfield. Brandon Marsh was a real good pick because he's young. He's only been playing two seasons. This is his second season. Uh, former top, which is good to have a guy with good defense. Develop him, let him get good. But one good thing, he's a good defender. And, and, and just like with Edmund Sosa, that's what they was all looking for. If anything, these guys got to be good defenders. When they go in there, they're good defenders because they got enough hitters. They have enough hitters across the board. Bryson Stott, at his 190 hitting, is a dangerous hitter. You don't want to pitch to Bryson Stott. And he, he's hitting 190. That's how dangerous of a hitting team the Phillies are. Bryson Stott is hitting a, a, a below 200, and you don't want to pitch to him. You don't want him to get on base. He could steal it. He's a good defender. Got a good glove, great glove. So you got him and Sosa, um, two guys, good defenders, and, and then you got a guy like Stott that can really have big games. And, and I think he's a – listen, look how Phillies are going. Stott's eventually going to break out of that. He's eventually, look at Castellanos. Remember, Hoskins was going through it. Now, we, we thought Schwaber, it's confusing with Schwaber, right? Schwaber, excuse, excuse me, Schwaber, it's, it's confusing because he's hitting 200. <laughs> but he got 31, 32 home runs. He just, I mean, he just keep hitting them. You can't do nothing with him. He is, you know. Solid uh, on-base percentage. He has a good slugging. Like, he, he's one of those dangerous hitters 
He don't care about hitting one hit as long as that hit is a home run. <laughs> he can like, and so you know what's dangerous about him? He could have a a a, a real streaks are coming, and his streak of hitting to to the point where he can get to two forty, you know, like Ryan Howard used to do, and. That's going to come because there's a lot of streaky hitters here. Castellanos is now at the, going over 250. He's back to his hitting self. He's seeming like the 300 hitter, the guy that the Phillies gave the money to now. And that's scary to see him hitting now. All at the perfect time. This is August now, and September's coming, then October, right? And my harp is coming back in September. So then you look at Derek Hall. He's another guy. You put him out there. A youngster. Young bat. Young, dangerous bat. Look what Matt Verling just did. He's a guy not even hitting good, but it's this is what makes them dangerous. Everybody at the same time can't be on slumps. So it's going to be some guys hitting that ain't even hitting good that'll get a hit, but they're slumping. But just because everybody else is hitting, it makes their hit good. It's just too many hitters. It's it's no slump. You might have a loss here and there, but most of the time they're going to be hard to mess with because they're going to be hitting home runs and hitting doubles and hitting singles, stealing bases. Like, this is a very dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. You go down the line, and now you look at Costa. Even when Costellanos wasn't batting good, even when he wasn't batting good, he still was a guy that gets some big hits. But everybody else was hitting. Bryce Harper, we know what he was doing. Segura, we know what he was doing. Rabuto. These guys are all coming back. Segura's back. Eventually, he's going to get right on the train. And like I say, Bryson Stott. Watch out for Bryson Stott when he gets started getting hot. We don't know what he's going to end the year with. I predict, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. He might end the year hitting. I'm going to say Bryson Stott gets to 250. That's where we going. Bryson Stott going to get to 250, man. Because Bomb has got there. He's got to his 300. Bryson Stott is going to show what he's about. And before the season leaves, he'll hit 250. That's what Lita Johnson says. I put it on Twitter. Bryson Stott will get to 250. It's a real, if you look at that lineup, let's just, let's just look at it. It's Alec Bomb. Top 100 baseball player, top 10 draft pick. Bryson Stott at shortstop. There goes your the number one prospect. You know, Alec Baum and Stott both are number one prospects. You look to have your number one bright spots. Another top 10 draft pick. And then you got Segura. Gene Segura. Then you got Reese Hoskins doing what he's doing. This is your first baseman. Then you got JT Ramuto. Then you look at the outfield. September, Bryce Harper comes back. You got Stallone, Castellanos, and Schwarber. Are you kidding me? Your, your, your DH is Derek Hall. Are you kidding me right now? This is your baseball team. Who wants to pitch against their lineup? To, to find out who doesn't have a good bat right now. And it's always two people out there lined up, but these are, you got Hoskins and Swarber and Harper on your, on you, right there. The two big hitters. Three, I mean, three big time hitters. Then Castellanos, 
and Gene Segura are two hitters, hitting machines. But then you got Alec Baum, who's almost all of the above. He's, he's like the super rookie. He's like the super young guy. Like, But then when Bryson Stott is starting to hit, oh, my God. Like, But then JT Ramuto, because he JT Ramuto, Gene Segura, and Castellanos are the same type of bats. They can give you a home run here and there, but they're going to give you some good hits, doubles. Singles, uh, triples, so they're, they're going to be hitting machines. They are hitting machines. It's just a very good team, man. It's like everything is just the only thing is, is the defense has to get better. So Sosa and Smarsh, two real good defenders, defensive pro- players, they come in to help because it's times you're going to need that defense. Some good, good pieces. David Robinson was super good. That's going to be another uh, situation, like the pitching. There's so much pitching involved. I want to talk. I want to really talk about that with the Phillies. Um, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Syndergaard, I think that's a good three to go into the future with. But now you got the last two, which I think Suarez and Gibson they won't be there. Suarez could easily get traded. Gibson, these are two guys. These are two good pitchers. They don't have bum pitchers. And you can trade for some type of, listen, the Trey Turner situation looks real. Looks like Philadelphia could get Trey Turner next year. I'm throwing it in the air. Um, de- listen, Bryce Harper talking when he talking, and Trey Turner talking when he talk. Come on, man. And Philadelphia is winning. That's what's going to make. Listen, Philadelphia just makes the playoffs this year. That makes them a tasty uh, team, and other people will want to come and play. No question. All they got to do is win the division. I think they can still do that. They'll make the playoffs. Philadelphia's a playoff team. Get ready for it. And they are a team nobody wants to play. They are that, that are all the teams that they're calling the elite, New York, whatever. Nobody wants to play the Philadelphia Phillies. This is, a, this is the up-and-coming team that is dangerous with all the hitters. You talk about defense, but who's going to pitch against them? What is the defense going to do against their hitters? You got MVP guys. Segura, Ramuto, Harper can all be. Castellanos all have MVP candidate talent. Like, seriously. Then you got Bomb and Stott. These are super. What better young players to have than these guys? This Suarez comes out the minor leagues, one of your top. Pitching prospects and acing everybody. It's just a dream situation right now. Trey Turner, if we're talking about the shortstop, which is very, very, that is crazy to think right now. Because Bryson Stott is your young guy. So what are you? What what are we talking about right now? Are we saying Bryson Stott sits down until he's ready? Then you can trade Trey Turner. I'm with that. Let's just get this team good until people are ready to do it. Bryce Stott's a young stud, but he's slumping. So we need to put a guy in there that's ready until Bryce Stott is ready. Then you can always trade one or the other. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I think this is this is like a good thing to do as a management to keep, to see who's ready to play and who's good. Because if Trey Turner comes along, Trey Turner comes and plays shortstop. Bryson Stott, that's an unbelievable backup to have. Sosa could still be there. 
I mean, this could be one of the best benches in baseball. You got a, a top 100 prospect, one of the top former top prospects in Bryson Stott with Edmund Sosa sitting right there. Um, Derek Hall, Matt Vaerling. This is your bench. This is your bench. And then you can possibly have Rojas come up. You need that. I don't see, except for Brandon Marsh, I don't see nobody backing up. So Rojas could end up, Rojas is going to end up on the on the roster. Rojas is a very good player to have. They're going to have some very, pay attention to this Phillies team and how it's being built. They're going to have some very good bench players, good base runners. Rojas and Marsh can run bases. They, can, they both got good gloves. That's the big thing. They're versatile like that. And, and, and their bats are underrated. You know, they'll have good and bad times. These guys have bats. So right now, they're not stars. They don't have to be starters. They can just flex their talent while guys, well, you got stars in front of you. Ortiz is another guy. I see Jalen Ortiz being their other um, outfielder right there. With Rojas. Now, Matt Verling is one guy. He's there. Matt Verling, Rojas. And Ortiz with Marsh. That's four outfielders. Be great to have, you know. And that's good to have them backing up. These are guys have had, you know, good big. Really had a good season. He's in over three hundred. So this is something to look at. You know, Phillies have good prospects that can back up because you already have big time talent starting. I mean. Top, I just named the starting lineup, and that is a, a crazy, crazy lineup. Crazy. Everybody's ready. You know, Stott is a guy that even if you don't have – if Turner joins that, that is that – is, that's insane. That is completely – and I'm saying he's coming because it's in the air. We'll see what Philadelphia Phillies feel about it. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it. We don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm predicting it will. Because it's in the air, and, and Bryce Harper has whoever they went, he said they went for and got. They got Schwarber, they got Castellanos. I mean, man. So now you come with Trey Turner. Trey Turner plays shortstop, and you put Bryson Stott behind one of the best shortstops in baseball. I mean, that is ugly. Then you got a guy like Sosa who's a solid shortstop. Like, wow. Like, that's something to look at. And then you look at, let's talk about the pitching staff, which, which I haven't went on to. I had to stop with the trade. I had to go to the Trey Turner situation. The pitching staff. Gibson and Suarez could both get traded for something good. I mean, think about it. What if they decide to try to go for Mike Trout? Who knows? Anyway, either way, Abel and Painter could be coming up very soon. I mean, these guys are good. Next year, if they okay, I think next year we could see them in spring training. You know, fight for a spot. But I think next year is their last year in the minor leagues. Still last year, you're gonna have. Um, I don't know. Effin could get traded soon. They got guys. I mean, it's a deeper team now. Like, now it's like, oh, guys got to go. You know, you got, I mean, think about it. Effin got to go. Effin is a super talented pitcher. It's been getting hurt. And um, now you got Gibson. 
Bailey Falter was a solid pitcher. He's a decent pitcher, a young, decent young pitcher. Guys, we saw that was fifth pitchers that were doing their job. It's got talent, you know. Uh, but Abel and Painter is, is I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade now and bring those guys up to be with Singar, to be with Thor, to be with Wheeler, to be with Nola. That would be unbelievable talent. That that that's. And I want to talk about. It was one pitching staff. I feel like with the best pitching staff I ever saw in my life. And the Phillies tried to duplicate it, but the best pitching staff I ever saw in my life was the Atlanta Braves when they had Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Steve Avery, and Kent Merka. Three, that's, that's the greatest pitching staff I ever saw. That, that rotation is the greatest I ever saw. They were so dominant. You want to talk about the Braves when they were dominant? That's when they was dominant. And they had Fred McGriff and them guys, then Chipper Jones, and Andrew Jones came later. And there so many guys, man. I was so many. So, um, I think Terry Pendleton. Listen, that was a real rivalry when, when Crook and Darren Dalton and um, Dave Hollins, and they had Mariano Duncan, they had Jim Eisenberg, they had Mickey Moore and Deeney, and they had uh, uh, Darren Dalton, they had West Chamberlain backing up Ricky Jordan. Peter Cavillia, Milt Thompson, you know, um, that team should have won the World Series. But uh, going to more things, that is what I think is going to – Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, they're coming. They're so good. They're so good. They're, they're, they're – and the crazy part is they're progressing at the same time. Painter is so good, he's moving up fast, even though Abel was before him. So they're meeting each other. And so they're both coming to the pros now. They're in Reading like now. They are – doing what they're supposed to do right now. Those guys will be in the pros. It's possible next year. It's very possible that during the season, Suarez and Gibson get traded during the season, and they're able and Painter get brought up because they're just too good to keep down there. I'm not saying they'll start the season on the rotation. I'm talking about during midseason before the trade deadline, you could see Gibson and Suarez out of here. And right now, with Sir Dominguez and Bellati, and then you got Robinson. Robinson is your closer. They're, they're going to be content with him. And then you got Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, you're, you're, you're right there, your middle reliever. And then you got guys like Brad Hand that's doing good and um, Bellati. And you're going to have more guys like Francisco Morales could be a real good bullpen pitcher. Um, there are other guys coming in like. Listen, Griff McGarry is going to do his thing for a minute, but he's going—he's not going to move up as quick. But Abel and Painter, I see them coming up. I see Rojas coming up. I see Ortiz coming up. I don't know what's going. Garcia got to do something, but he—he's back. But Rojas and Ortiz, you know, get you some like Philadelphia is going to be an amazing franchise for a long time right now. They got a lot of good pieces for the next five years right now. You're going to see a lot of good baseball, and you're going to see some good stars come. Um, like I say, Trout, I would be surprised. They got enough players to trade. They got prospects play. They got all types of players to trade. Players, prospects. They can they can get them. Just I'm, I'm saying Trout is too big, but they can get anybody right now that helped this team become a World Series team. So I, I see this team getting a couple of, at least two World Series in the next five years. But this is such a talented team. They got young players coming. Like Stott and Baum are young studs. Derek Hall, they're young guys. 
they're only going to get better, but they don't have to get the pressure. They don't, they don't have to be the best player. I think Bomb's going to be an all-star. Bomb is ready. He's came out his shell. He's he's dangerous right now. He's he's, he's dangerous like, like Bryce Harper is on the Phillies. And Bryce and Stock can get to that point. But right now, I don't think, I think it's just going to be a wait. I see a wait coming. Stott's still young. He is, it's not the end of the world for Stott. But this pitching staff is, you know, like I said, Griffin McGarry, and they just drafted Alex McFarlane. Like, it's a lot to look at to, just to think about this pitching staff. Um, let's see how good Krause gets. Hands Krause. Let's see if he gets back. He's been slumping. Let's see if he gets back. Number three prospect in the field, a guy that shows so much promise and just don't look right right now. So, um, Ricardo Perez, remember the name. Uh, Ethan Wilson is getting a lot of. He's he he's starting to get good and, and really you know, become that guy. Him and Casey Martin, the guys to to watch out for outfielders. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. Lita Johnson, uh, once again, the next, where we talk about so much, so much things we will be able to talk about. But I just had to give y'all just a little bit, just to, you know, preview y'all on some things. Um, we'll talk more about Villanova Radio is coming up. It's going to be a lot of uh, stuff there. We'll talk more about basketball and the teams and, what do we feel like? Who's the elite team? We just got to get a little bit more of a nosedive into the draft classes of the 2023 draft class. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Alabama, like I said, Penn State. It's a lot coming up on Foul Leader. So I'm out, y'all. Foul Leader. What's up, what's up, what's going on, y'all? This is your boy, Leader Johnson, and we are here. Follow the leader. I'm your host with the most. So have a toast. Yes, have a toast, and we are going to have a toast. It's great news. I got to talk about some things, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about Villanova football. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely get deep. It's a lot to talk about with Villanova football. Um, a lot of good recruits visiting Villanova. Villanova did have a visit from a very, very, very talented running back, Jaquan Kilby, 2024. He's an athlete. I mean, he could be a linebacker, play safety, play running back. Very talented athlete, also a track star. Villanova has been having a lot of good visits from a lot of good athletes. And see this here, now looking at this, um, the units and just breaking things down, let's talk about the wide receiver unit. Uh, that's one thing we're going to get into. I feel like Dez Boykin is a problem. 
I mean, he has the experience. When you get a guy, it's like Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels and all, and all the other seniors that get fifth years. When you get that experience, you have to go against. And he was a, a priority recruit. And he played at the same place as Saquon Barkley, same high school. Des Boykin is an explosive player. Now you put him with Ray Jerron Pringle and Hayek. That is dangerous. Nobody sees what these guys have good hands. They can make plays. They, they, they got some of the best hands in college football, all three of them. See, people are not looking at Connor Watkins. They, they don't know who he is. All, all the other years, they've been uh, a little spoiled of knowing who the guy was. Daniel Smith ended up winning the job. Nobody knew how good he was. You know, I did reports or whatever. I thought that Quadrant Ismail was even going to beat him. But Daniel Smith ended up performing great. And he was something different. Now, y'all got to know the same thing that Villanova's been recruiting good. Y- y'all forget Connor Watkins was a, a top uh, priority recruit, a dual threat quarterback. Can throw the ball, gunslinger. And can run the ball. He's going to be an exciting quarterback for Villanova. Nobody, everybody has to calm down right quick. He's been well, he's been ready for this. Now, if you're talking about, you know, you look at how Villanova would throw him in there sometime. He would always be efficient. He could easily mess up or be 0 for 2. And, and when he did that, you know, you don't take that too big. But when a person does do something in that little time, that shows you something. And Connor Watkins, I just, I can't wait to that first game when he plays. Because I got a big feeling that their first game is going to teach y'all a lot. Now, thinking about what... Excuse me for the interruption. Now, thinking about this receiving core. This receiving core, the first three is already a given. But the receiving core is a little tricky because I don't think people really recognize how deep it is. I don't think people, because they're not recognizing Connor Watkins. They're not even recognizing the depth at quarterback. Like it's the, the questions to me was never quarterback. It was never it was always offensive line. You know who was ready because this was a tight knit offensive line with Apia and Dumas and Gratton. Like these guys were all, you know, I mean they were all tight and it was a real nice unit. Now you get the young guys that they've been recruiting for a minute to come in there. Offensive line is a little different. You know, Connor Watkins. One thing you did see, at least you saw Connor Watkins getting there, throw that ball. And if you saw who he was in high school, I mean, it's, it's a little different. This guy's a dynamic guy, especially when you can run on your feet and throw like he does on, on the go. I don't, people, it's like people didn't do their homework a long time ago on Connor Watkins. Like, you totally forgot who's on the roster of Villanova. Like, this guy's good. He's good. And it's going to be exciting because he's also, you're not going to miss a step of a quarterback that can run and throw. You still got there with Watkins. Now, Jaquan Allen, I'll keep talking about this. Listen, former three-star receiver, 6'2", athletic. That's four guys that's really going to be hard to mess with. They ain't had a four this good. A four. A four. Four receivers this good. They haven't had four. 
four. All four of these guys can impact. Jaquan Allen can be a number one receiver. He can be a number one receiver. This guy has the type of talent. And then you other guys that are there. Daniel Lopez. When it's his turn. Now, now I doubt he could get some type of catching, but catches. Then you got Irene Nambanziza. Excuse me for saying that right. Bonziza. Um unbelievable talent. Explosive. Just like Pringle is. It's just like you got Pringle on the bench. Daniel Lopez has the size, constructive Ethan Carr. Then you got Nathaniel Hill. Miles is coming. This is a very exciting room right now, man. It's so nice. You just can't wait to see these guys get on the field. The thing is that because you got the receivers, you got the running backs, right? You got nobody. You got Jalen Jackson. You got TDA Odorizzi, who's also a track star. That's what makes him so. He's to me, he's the best athlete on the field. Now, I have to say that because I remember when he came in and commented, but I didn't say that because of that. I always thought he was the best athlete. He was always a track star. But I gave Dan Tanamatics his props. Because he's a different type of athlete. He's a little bit of a unicorn. I'm going to have to give him his props. Because the man on both sides of the ball. Both sides. We're talking about quarterback and in, in, in the secondary. This man had ball skills to get interceptions and he could hit. And then he was a dual threat quarterback. This is an amazing recruit that Villanova has. Ethan Potter's another two, two, you know, both sides. of the, He's a good, great athlete. Ethan Potter was an athlete. Could both sides of the field impact. Elite talent. Same thing with Ethan Carr. Elite talent, both sides. That's an athlete. So, Villanova really has a, 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 a – see, this team – they're not going to know how good Ferranti is at coaching until this happens, to the to, to changeover. After the, see, after your climax, they want to see, can you keep consistency? And they, this, is, this determines how good Ferranti and the rest of the staff recruited. And you got Jalen Jackson, Durajayi, and you got Dewa Barley. That's a dangerous three right there. Dewa Barley don't get some of his love. But he did last year. To me, I think he did to last year because every time you put him in there, he's tough. Now, Ayo is the one. I'm very surprised to see that they have him named because I don't think he gets his, his credit. Like, Ayo is a dangerous receiver. Damascus, <laughs> they produce some guys. Brian Bressy, shout out to my guy, Brian. Yo, Damascus is, and then you got Ferguson. Ferguson came from there, man. That's another guy on this team I see doing some things. And they're, like, they're loaded, the linebacker. Remember, I'm, we're going to talk about that another time. But Abraham, D'Amico, and Montero, I think Ferguson should start. But it depends on who wins. But I think Ferguson will do it. I think um, – and I'll, I'll put this for this podcast. I think in the, in the defensive line, it would be Nelson, Zobel, and um, – if I have to be honest, Gainis. Bryce Gainis. I think that's that's the three you have there. 
And then you, like I said, with the linebackers, Abraham, D'Amico, Montero, and Ferguson. But we'll see who wins in, in practice. This is who I'm thinking will win. As far as cornerbacks, um, Scudders, it's time for Kashan, man. Every time to see this guy, super talent, great get. Um, him and Bothwell, the two, uh, two highest recruits in Villanova history. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm vi- the expectations for him are super high. Just like for Bothwell, you know. And I, I just know Scudders was very good in high school, man. It's going to be something to see him. Now, the other guy on the other side, Ethan Potter. Ethan Potter proved what he can do. Ethan Potter, such a, man, Ferranti getting these impact freshmen is just remarkable. It's remarkable how he's able to do that. That's so hard to do. These guys, and it's, you know, and then credit to he has a dream team of coaches. They all are smart. Ferranti, like Penny Packer, you know, Divine, all them guys, like, oh, gosh, man, Crowley. Like, these guys is like mad scientists. It's hard. You, you you know what? It's hard to really get your recruiting class going in the in the FCS rather than the FBS. FBS has a whole they they have a bigger field. They can get the elite prospects of the elite prospects. So when you get to the lower prospects, you still got other talented prospects that are highly rated, just not your five star, four, three. You know, look look what Temple's able to get. And watch what James Madison will be able to get more if they're over there. And Villanova's still able to get guys that are good, but the thing is, stars don't make them don't just because you ain't got stars. I mean, you ain't good, but it also attests to who you gonna find in that other pack. Who are you gonna find in that pack that wasn't ranked? They get ranked guys, but who are you gonna find? It's a lot of talent out there. It's it's it's, it's like now it's more talent that you have to search through, as opposed to it's a list of see. A lot of these programs, FBS, they got lists of, of, of recruits. They're not going no lower than certain recruits. So they, they don't even get to see all the other talented guys. They have a certain bag. This is like with basketball. But in football, you have a second, you know, FCS is a little bit more, it's, it's, it's more respect than, say, a Division two basketball. They don't even... It's real hard. The junior college, they still get looked at, but you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. But so now Villanova is able to sit down and dissect talent and evaluate talent and get elite talent. Get, get no, how about this? First year impacting talent. That's hard. You can get guys, develop them, make two, three years, but their first year guy, that's hard. And she said the, the hats off gotta be the Ferranti and the whole team out there, uh, Bolden, Bolden came in, they came, they brought Bolden in, excuse me, they brought Bolden in, and Chris immediately changed the game for the quarterback in the offense, dynamic, so, where was I at, okay, I said Potter, and I said, um, Scudders, okay, and then at safety, it should be Elijah Glover and Jalen Goodman. It's just no question. I think that's 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 where you're at. You know, you got Johnny Pittman that came over, but I still think Johnny Pittman should be like the third cornerback. And you know, you got guys like Ty Trini, who had a very good. Another guy had a great freshman year at cornerback. Uh, I still my favorite guy has always been John Roden, so I can't wait to see how he he does. Uh, 
Christian Sapp. That's the, always been the best position on Villanova for all the years since I've been recruiting. Like, the most deep, deep, talented position. I mean, you remember Jaquan Amos, you know, Christian Benford, uh, Malik, Malik Reeves, um, so many guys. Like, it's always been a deep position. It's it's not changing. It's not changing. Sean Cox is a monster. He's going to be something all over the field. I mean, this is just a good, good, good position. But, um, okay, um, running backs, we all know. So that's another thing I'm going to talk about, a whole thing about, because now after Jackson... And, and, you know, they're going to have another year with Barley and Ayo Dorajahi next year. Then Eli Smith comes, and you still got Raglan, and you still got Mace. If the Shaquan Kill be in 2024 up, are they recruiting him? That's big. Shaquan Kill be 2024. Dynamic athlete can play running back. Is he? What's going on? Villanova's on a hot streak. They're taking advantage of. Them being a winning organization very well. And they have, they already have the great culture. This is just what the Villanova football team needed. It's just it's so many talented players, more talented players, and, and you can see this class is just so many good guys. Um when we come back, I'm gonna talk more about what are we gonna talk about on Philadelphia 76ers terms. Sixers, listen, man. Talking about the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey. The young talent. Let's talk about. It. Let's talk about what's the future. Where are they going? What's next after Harden? Draft picks. Let's talk when we come back on Follow Leader. Yeah, the great Brock Kim. 
We are back to talk sixes. Problematic situations. What can we... Where do you go? Like, where do you go? I mean, to me, if I have to be... I'm a sixer fan, so I'm also have to be realistic because I'm an analyst. I'm a writer, analyst. I have to be real. So, let's talk. The first thing I want to talk about is sixes young... Drafting has been good, and they're good. They're not going to get old, and that's real good to know. They're not going to get old and break, and, you know, because Embiid's a young star. Tyrese Maxey's a young star. So now you look at um, James Hart. It's really a, a real dream scenario. Not too many teams headed toward a championship. I mean, just think if Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal was able to get uh, Derek Coleman from the New Jersey Nets in his prime. And around that time, he was being a – well, they was able to get Carl Malone. How about that? Just say that. That's what this is like. Tyrese Maxey has proven to be one of the best players, young stars. He's just going to get so much better. And James Harden, they're going to be a better shooting team. They, they just had to – listen, the thing is, chemistry had to happen. Nobody – I think nobody understands that. This man got inserted into a team that was still trying to figure himself out without Ben Simmons. And he got inserted as the point guard. He didn't get put as a shooting guard. He didn't get put as a small forward, power forward, or even a center. The most important position on the floor, he is the point guard. So him trying to, I do believe that him not performing in the playoffs. He just don't know where he's at most of the time to, to, to be an effective scorer. He hasn't got to the point of asking for that basketball or knowing he can do that yet because, you know, it's also Embiid's team. So people have to look at that. Now he gets a, a whole year to know he's in Philadelphia, live in Philadelphia, be around Philadelphia, go to with, with um, where – Meek Mill was performing. What was it? Michael Rubin. He was. Jesus. Like. PJ Tucker. They all hanging out with Joel Embiid. They're becoming a team, a, a, a buddy system. Getting along together. They're going to learn to fight for each other. They, they didn't sign him to a one year contract. It's three years. You got two years of Daniel House. These guys are dogs. They're going to fight. D'Anthony Melton. These guys are going to fight. This is going to be a good team. On the bench, not like last year. P.J. Tucker will start, which is real big next to Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Very underrated front court, <laughs> by the way. Tobias Harris is not a slouch. We've seen what he can do. Everybody got to stop BSing like he's not one of the best power forwards in the league. Might not be an all-star. He wasn't an all-star last year, but he definitely is a good power forward that you got to guard. P.J. Tucker, the same thing, and he can play defense. Then you got Joel Embiid. That's probably one of the most underrated defenses, defensive uh, front courts because of how good Tobias Harris got last year defense. I just think basically that when you look at this team, uh, I just think it's the Warriors will still be that team next year, but it's not going to be easy because I still think the Clippers and the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. It's not going to be the same next year. Even the Brooklyn Nets, if they keep Durant and Kyrie Irving with Ben Simmons, 
they are a title contender. I think the Nets are going to try to hang on to all three. And that's just what it is. If they don't get what they want, Durant is there. And that's a dangerous team regardless. So, but Philadelphia has everything on both sides of the ball. Like It's just like now, you didn't have Milton next to Milton. You got two guards off the bench that can attack the basket, play defense. Both can play point guard. Both can play shooting guard. Nobody's talking about that that tandem. And then Isaiah Joe also is your other guy who has blossomed every summer league, and now he looks like a guy you got to give the ball to. That's three guys. We haven't even talked about Cork Myers or Jaden Springer. Jaden Springer's got rave reviews from Doc Rivers. Um, Cork Myers is a vet. He's been in the playoffs. He's, he had big games. He's had good seasons. I don't know what's going on, but just know that. that that's the, if that's your fourth or fifth guard off the bench, wow. So they're real talented in the guard position. Then you look at the forward position. Just right now, we, we know it's not going to be like this forever, or maybe not. We don't know. Matisse Thibault and Daniel House are your two forwards <laughs> with with uh, Nyang. Don't forget Gorgeous Nyang and Paul Reed. These are your front court options. This is pretty good. Paul Reed is going to get better and better. He can hit outside shots. He can play on both sides of the He's proved he can defend the five. Nyang is, is a he's a heck of a scorer. Wherever he, wherever he falls at off on defense, you still got House and you still got Thibel. It's crazy. And, and the young talent, just know that Michael Foster Jr., Emmanuel Muhammad, and I think Shimpagni all should be in a G League, and I think so should uh, Philippe, Philip Petrosev. I think all four of those guys should be in there. Let's get this young talent moving. Um, if you, if they want to sit Bassy back, sit them back. That is a lot of good talent. Charlie Brown Jr., that is a whole group of talent right there. Like, it's crazy. Um, before I come back, I'm always talking Philadelphia stuff, man. I'm just, I just want y'all to know just trying to give y'all a little bit of flavor. Of It's a lot going on, so bear with me. It's a lot. I'm going to come with a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, Jackson State. Unbelievable powerhouse of a team. Um, Alabama and Nick Saban's legacy. Um, Pittsburgh basketball and Penn State basketball. A lot of, the, a lot of subjects coming up. Real soon. Um, also, the Brittany Griner situation. I will be more and more in tune with it to let people know what's going on. Uh, it's real crazy. It's real hard to stomach. But as a nation, we'll stand tall, stand strong for Brittany Griner. And we will all um, pray because God is working. All right, Brittany, God is working. All right, follow the leader. Be back, man. Yeah. I came to overcome before I'm going to let now be born. Then after that, I'll live forever. You say never, you say never. History, not a mystery or memory. From the cradle to the grave.
Yeah, Just a little break, y'all. Come back. I wanted to really get on the Phillies. I mean, you know, I'm going to do a lot more homework on the Flyers because I'm a little confused. We'll talk to my guy, Jimmy Vascal, and we're going to talk and um, get some things going now. Philadelphia Phillies, it's real big. Um, that this team is about to be 11 games over 500. They're, they're beating the Nationals up. It's good for them to have a team like the Nationals that's pretty much depleted uh, to, to beat on real quick to get those wins up and be ready for all the other competitive teams. Phillies look really, they look saucy, man. They, they look spicy. <laughs> and this whole team is good, like, just like that. And I'm going to start from the outfield. Brandon Marsh was a real good pick because he's young. He's only been playing two seasons. This is his second season. Uh, former top. Which is good to have a guy with good defense. Develop him. Let him get good. But one good thing, he's a good defender. And, and, and just like with Edmund Sosa, that's what they was all looking for. If anything, these guys got to be good defenders. When they go in there, they're good defenders because they got enough hitters. They have enough hitters across the board. Bryson Stott at his 190 hitting is a dangerous hitter. You don't want to pitch to Bryson Stott. And he, he's hitting 190. That's how dangerous of a hitting team the Phillies are. Bryson Stott is hitting a, a, a below 200, and you don't want to pitch to him. You don't want him to get on base. You could steal it. He's a good defender. Got a good glove, great glove. So you got him and Sosa, um, two guys, good defenders, and, and then you got a guy like Stock that can really have big games. And and I think he's a listen, look how Phillies are going. Stock's eventually gonna break out of that. He's eventually look at Castellanos. Remember Hoskins was going through it. Now we, we thought Schwaber it's confusing with Schwaber, right? Schwaber, excuse excuse me, Schwaber is it's confusing because he's hitting two hundred. <laughs> but he got thirty one, thirty two home runs. He just I mean, he just keep hitting them. You can't do nothing with him. He has, you know, solid uh, on-base percentage. He has a good slugging. Like, he, he's one of those dangerous hitters. He don't care about hitting one hit as long as that hit is a home run. <laughs> he can, like, and so, you know what's dangerous about him? He could have a, 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 a real, streaks are coming. And his streak of hitting to, to the point where he can get to 240, you know, like Ryan Howard used to do. And that's going to come. Because there's a lot of streaky hitters here. Castellanos is now at the, going over 250. He's back to his hitting self. He's seeming like the 300 hitter, the guy that the Phillies gave the money to now. And that's scary to see him hitting now. All at the perfect time. This is August now. And September's coming, then October, right? And my Harper's coming back in September. So then you look at Derek Hall. He's another guy. You put him out there, a youngster, young bat, young, dangerous bat. Look what Matt Verling just did. He's a guy not even hitting good, but it's this is what makes them dangerous. Everybody at the same time can't be on slumps. So it's going to be some guys hitting that ain't even hitting good that'll get a hit, but they're slumping. But just because everybody else is hitting, it makes their hit good. It's just too many hitters. It's it's no slump. You might have a loss here and there, but most of the time they're going to be hard to mess with because they're going to be hitting home runs and hitting doubles and hitting singles, stealing bases. 
Like, this is a very dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. You go down the line. And now you look at Costello. Even when Costello wasn't batting good. Even when he wasn't batting good. He still was a guy that gets some big hits. But everybody else was hitting. Bryce Harper, we know what he was doing. Segura, we know what he was doing. Rabuto. These guys are all coming back. Segura's back. Eventually, he's going to get right on the train. And like I say, Bryson Stott. Watch out for Bryson Stott. When he gets started getting hot. We don't know what he's going to end the year with. I predict, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. He might end the year hitting. I'm going to say Bryson Stott gets to 250. That's where we going. Bryson Stott going to get to 250, man. Because Bomb has got there. He's got to his 300. Bryson Stott is going to show what he's about. And before the season leaves, he'll hit 250. That's what Lita Johnson says. I'll put it on Twitter. Bryson Stott will get to 250. It's a real, if you look at that lineup, let's just, let's just look at it. It's Alec Bomb, top 100 baseball player, top 10 draft pick. Bryson Stott at shortstop. There goes your the number one prospect. You know, Alec Baum and Stott both are number one prospects. You look to have your number one bright spots. Another top ten draft pick. And then you got Segura. Gene Segura. Then you got Reese Hoskins doing what he's doing. This is your first baseman. Then you got JT Ramuto. Then you look at the outfield. September, Bryce Harper comes back. You got Stallone, Castellanos, and Schwarber. Are you kidding me? Your, your, your DH is Derek Hall. Are you kidding me right now? This is your baseball team. Who wants to pitch against their lineup to, to find out who doesn't have a good bat right now? And it's always two people out there lineup, but these are... You got Hoskins and Swarber and Harper on your on you right there. The two big hitters. Three I mean three big time hitters. Then Castellanos and Gene Segura are two hitters. Hitting machines. But then you got Alec Baum, who's almost all of the above. He's, he's like the super rookie. He's like the super young guy. Like. But then when Bryson Stott is starting to hit, oh my God, like. But then JT Ramuto, his because he JT Ramuto, Gene Segura, and Castellanos are the same type of bats. They can give you a home run here and there, but they're going to give you some good hits, doubles, singles, uh, triples. They're going to be hitting machines. They are hitting machines. It's just a very good team, man. It's like everything. Is just, the only thing is just the defense has to get better. So Sosa and Smarsh, two real good defenders, defensive pro- players, they come in to help. Because it's times you're going to need that defense. Some good, good pieces. David Robinson is super good. That's going to be another uh, situation. Like the pitching. There's so much pitching involved. I want to talk. I want to really talk about that with the Phillies. Um, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Syndergaard. I think that's a good three to go into the future with. But now you got the last two, which I think Suarez and Gibson won't be there. Suarez could easily get traded. Gibson, these are two guys. These are two good pitchers. They don't have bum pitchers. 
and you can trade for some type of, listen, the Trey Turner situation looks real. Looks like Philadelphia could get Trey Turner next year. I'm throwing it in the air. I'm de- listen, Bryce Harper talking when he talking and Trey Turner talking when he talk. Come on, man. And Philadelphia is winning. That's what's going to make. Listen, Philadelphia just makes the playoffs this year. That makes them a tasty uh, team and other people will want to come and play. No question. All they got to do is win the division. I think they can still do that. They'll make the playoffs. Philadelphia's a playoff team. Get ready for it. And they are a team nobody wants to play. They are that that all the teams that they're calling the elite, New York, whatever. Nobody wants to play the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a this is the up and coming team that is dangerous with all the hitters. You talk about defense, but who's gonna pitch against them? What what is the defense gonna do against their hitters? You got MVP guys. Segura, Ramuto, Harper can all be Castellanos, all have MVP candidate talent. Like, seriously. Then you got Bomb and Stott. These are super. Who, what better young players to have than these guys? This Suarez comes out the minor leagues, one of your top pitching prospects and is acing everybody. It's just a dream situation right now. Trey Turner. If we're talking about the shortstop, which is very, very, that is crazy to think right now. Because Bryson Stott is your young guy. So what are, you, what, what are we talking about right now? Are we saying Bryson Stott sits down until he's ready, then you can trade Trey Turner? I w- I'm with that. Let's just get this team good until people are ready to do it. Bryson Stott's a young stud. But he's slumping, so we need to put a guy in there that's ready until Bryson Stott is ready. Then you can always trade one or the other. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I think this is this is like a, a good thing to do as a management to keep, to see who's ready to play and who's good. Because if Trey Turner comes along, Trey Turner comes and plays shortstop, Bryson Stott, that's an unbelievable backup to have. Sosa could still be there. I mean, this could be one of the best benches in baseball. You got a, a top 100 prospect, one of the top former top prospects in Bryson Stott with Edmund Sosa sitting right there. Um, Derek Hall, Matt Vaerling. This is your bench. This is your bench. And then you can possibly have Rojas come up. You need that. I don't see, except for Brandon Marsh, I don't see nobody backing up. So Rojas could end up. Rojas is going to end up on the on the roster. Rojas is a very good player to have. They're going to have some very pay attention to this Phillies team and how it's being built. They're going to have some very good bench players, good base runners. Rojas and Marsh can run bases. They can. They both got good gloves. That's the big thing. They're versatile like that, and and, and their bats are underrated. You know they'll have good and bad times. But these guys have bats, so right now they're not stars. They don't have to be starters. They can just flex their talent while guys, well, you got stars in front of you. Ortiz is another guy. I see Jalen Ortiz being their other um, outfielder right there. With Rojas. Now, Matt Verling is one guy. He's there. Matt Verling, Rojas, and Ortiz. With Marsh. That's four outfielders. Be great to have. 
you know. And that's good to have them backing up. These are guys that have had, you know, good big really had a good season. He's in over 300. So this is something to look at. You know, Phillies have good prospects that can back up because you already have big-time talent starting. I mean, top, I just named the starting lineup, and that is a, a crazy, crazy lineup. Crazy. Everybody's ready. You know, Stott is a guy that even if you don't have – if Turner joins that, that is that is that's insane. That is completely – and I'm saying he's coming because it's in the air. We'll see what Phillies feel about it. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it. We don't know if it's gonna happen, but I'm, I'm predicting it will, because it's in the air. And, and Bryce Harper has, whoever they went, he said they went for and got. They got Schwarber. They got Castellanos. I mean, man. So now, you come with Trey Turner. Trey Turner plays shortstop, and you put Bryson Stott behind one of the best shortstops in baseball. I mean, that is ugly. To do you got a guy like Sosa who's a solid shortstop, like, wow, like that's something to look at. And then you look at let's talk about the pitching staff, which, which I haven't went on to. I had to stop with the trade I had to go to the Trey Turner situation. The pitching staff. Gibson and Suarez could both get traded for something good. I mean, think about it. What if they decide to try to go for Mike Trout? Who knows? Anyway, either way, Abel and Painter could be coming up very soon. I mean, these guys are good. Next year, if they're okay, I think next year we could see them in spring training, you know, fight for a spot. But I think next year, if they're last year in the minor leagues, still last year, you're going to have, um, I don't know, Effing could get traded soon. They got guys. I mean, it's a deeper team now. Like, now it's like, oh, guys got to go. You know, you got, I mean, think about it. Effin got to go. Effin is a super talented pitcher. It's been getting hurt. And um, now you got Gibson. Billy Falter was a solid pitcher. He's a decent pitcher. He's a decent young pitcher. Guys we saw that was fifth pitchers that were doing their job. It's got talent. You know, uh, but Abel and Painter is, is, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade now and bring those guys up to be with Singar, to be with Thor, to be with Wheeler, to be with Nola. That would be unbelievable talent. That, that, that's, and I want to talk about, it was one pitching staff, I feel like with the best pitching staff I ever saw in my life. And the Phillies tried to duplicate it, but. The best pitching staff I ever saw in my life was the Atlanta Braves when they had Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Steve Avery, and Kent Merker. Three, that's, that's the greatest pitching staff I ever saw. That, that rotation is the greatest I ever saw. They were so dominant. You want to talk about the Braves when they were dominant? That's when they was dominant. And they had Fred McGriff and them guys, and then Chipper Jones, and Andrew Jones came later, and with so many guys, man. I was so many. So, um, I think Terry Pendleton. Listen, that was a real rivalry when when Crook and Darren Dalton and um Dave Hollins and they had Mariano Duncan, they had Jim Eisenreich, they had Mickey Moore and Dini, and they had uh, uh Darren Dalton, they had West Chamberlain backing up Ricky Jordan. 
P.D. Cavillia, Milt Thompson, you know, um, that team should have won the World Series. But uh, going to more things, that is what I think is going to – Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, they're, they're coming. They're so good. They're, they're so good. They're, they're – they're, and the crazy part is they're progressing at the same time. Painter is so good, he's moving up fast, even though Abel was before him. So they're meeting each other. And so they're both coming to the pros now. They're in Reading like now. They are – doing what they're supposed to do right now those guys will be in the pros it's possible next year it's very possible that during the season Suarez and Gibson get traded during the season and they're able and painter get brought up because they're just too good to keep down there now I'm saying they'll start the season on the rotation I'm talking about during mid-season before the trade deadline you could see Gibson and Suarez out of here and right now with Sir Dominguez and Balazzi, and then you got Robinson. Robinson is your closer. They're, they're going to be content with him. And then you got Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, you're, you're, you're right there, your middle reliever. And then you got guys like Brad Hand that's doing good and um, Balazzi. And you're going to have more guys like Francisco Morales could be a real good bullpen pitcher. Um, there are other guys coming in like, Listen, Griff McGarry is going to do his thing for a minute, but he's going to, he's not going to move up as quick. But Abel and Painter, I see them coming up. I see Rojas coming up. I see Ortiz coming up. I don't know what's going to – Garcia got to do something, but he, he's, he's back. But Rojas and Ortiz, you know, get you some – like Philadelphia is going to be an amazing franchise for – a long time right now. They got a lot of good pieces for the next five years. Right now, you're going to see a lot of good baseball. And you're going to see some good stars come. Um, like I say, Trout, I would be surprised. They got enough players to trade. They got prospects play. They got all types of players to trade. Players, prospects. They can they can get them. Just I'm, I'm saying Trout is too big. But they can get anybody right now that helped this team become a World Series team. So I, I see this team getting a couple of at least two World Series in the next five years. And this is such a talented team. They got young players coming. Like Stott and Baum are young studs. Derek Hall, they're young guys. They're only going to get better, but they don't have to get the pressure. They don't, they don't have to be the best player. I think Baum's going to be an all-star. Baum is ready. He's came out his shell. He's he's dangerous right now. He's He's, he's dangerous like, like Bryce Harper is on the Phillies. And but Bryce and Stock can get to that point. But right now, I don't think, I think it's just going to be a wait. I see a wait coming. Stock's still young. He is, it's not the end of the world for Stock. But this pitching staff is, you know, like I said, Griffin McGarry, and they just drafted Alex McFarlane, like, it's a lot to look at to, just to think about this pitching staff. Um, let's see how good Krause gets. Hands Krause. Let's see if he gets back. He's been slumping. Let's see if he gets back. The number three prospect in the field. A guy that shows so much promise and just don't look right right now. So, um, Ricardo Perez Remember the name. Uh, Ethan Wilson is getting a lot of. He's he he's starting to get good and, and really you know, becoming that guy. Him and Casey Martin, the guys to to watch out for. Outfielders. 
right, I'm out of here, y'all. Lita Johnson, uh, once again, the next, where we talk about so much, so much things we will be able to talk about. But I just had to give y'all just a little bit, just to, you know, preview y'all on some things. Um, we'll talk more about Villanova Radio is coming up. It's going to be a lot of uh, stuff there. We'll talk more about basketball and the teams and what do we feel like? Who's the elite team? We just got to get a little bit more of a nose dive into the draft classes of the 2023 draft class. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Alabama, like I said, Penn State. It's a lot coming up on Foul Leader. So I'm out, y'all. Foul Leader.